Chaplin. <laughs> Welcome to the market. Hi. Go ahead and park it. Hope that you are starving. Debbie Roots Deep got me thinking it's a parsnip. Every week I get knowledge to go. A year before everyone, how did they know? Figuring how they go college to pros. I pop it on listen and now I'm the pro. I'm still trying to grow. And they do the same. Hundreds of teams, too many to name. And yet they are filtering everything. Only the best, Shane Hallaman Kane. Marketplace, marketplace. Debbie is everything, marketplace. Finding the talent is art, I'd say. I leave it to them while I carve my name. Market Marketplace, marketplace, Debbie is everything marketplace. Finding the talent is art, I'd say. I leave it to them while I carve my name. Hey. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to another episode of the Debbie Marketplace. I am not Kane Fassell. I am Shane P. Hallam, but uh Kane's out on a business trip. So get some payback for when I was out for for, for a week and missed the show. Um so so I'm I'm happy to do that, but we Wish Kane the best. I'm sure he's having a good time, and he'll be back next week. Rare and ready to go. I'm sure he's going to have – that just means he's going to have a lot of things on his mind, probably not football-related, that we'll end up talking about next week. So just get, get ready get ready for that now. Uh, but, of course, I am joined by our analytics uh, darling. See, I won't call you a nerd here. Since You're so nice. Out here, um, Nelly. So what's, what's up, man? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm ready to uh, to dive in and talk some college football. Yeah, yeah. We're going to do, do a little college football outlook today. And the um, kind of the, the reason for it, not only because Kane's not here, um, but we are we're adding a, a, another podcast to our feed here pretty soon. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty excited because one one of my good friends for a long time is going to be heading this up. And so we brought him on as a guest. Um, so in, in August, maybe a little bit before, we'll see what happens. Um, you'll be getting an extra podcast every week in your feed where um, you'll be getting a college football recap of what happened each week, kind of kind of a quick rundown and some analysis. And um, the man is going to bring it to us. His name is Fred Perdue. Uh Fred is joining us today on the show so we can talk college football landscape, talk a little recruiting, a little bit of everything. I'm excited to have him. Fred, how you doing, man? Thanks for thanks for coming on. Thanks for doing the second podcast, too. I'm excited to have you on board with us. What's going on, man? I'm honored to be here. I mean, we've been talking about doing this for a while now. Yeah, I, I know. I know. You, you and I have tossed around ideas. I don't know. We've known each other, what, uh, 10, 10 years or so we met? Yeah, um, at the Senior Bowl, 2011 yeah. or 2012. Yeah, I was gonna I'd say I, I had 2011 in my head, and I was like, "Man, that feels that feels right." I feel like that's AJ that's... McCarron. There it is, a- AJ McCarron. <laughs> the, We're the, aging ourselves a little bit. The Cincinnati <laughs> Bengal legend himself, yeah, AJ McCarron, uh, who just was in the Senior Bowl because he went to Alabama, as always happens. Um, better than Jacob Coker, though. Who uh, yes, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely did that. So, so yeah, I mean, we you know we've known we've, we've been I've been on your podcast back in the day before, but uh, you're uh, definitely a set of eyes and voice that I trust, and I think you know hopefully our listeners I think will really enjoy what you bring to the table and um, and what you do. So thanks for coming on today, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to to have you. Um, so basically I want to talk about today, just kind of the college football landscape, what's happening in college football, you know, what what teams are rising up. We know there's a lot of shifting happening with 
now now USC, UCLA going to the Big Ten. We know we're going to see Texas and Oklahoma go to the SEC. Um, so, Fred, I'll start with you. Of how 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 does this shifting of teams into uh, I don't know if we're quite at super conferences yet. Maybe you can maybe you can elaborate on that. But how how does that affect the landscape of college football as it stands right now? I think it's going to get to that three team or three conference mega mega conference deal. You're going to have you know ACC, maybe Big Ten, SEC. Uh, I don't think your Big 12s and Pac 12s. I don't think those will exist soon. I think everybody's going to poach what they want. And you'll have it's going to be what we what we want to be professional college football, at least Uh, you're going to probably have what, 20 plus teams in each conference. You're going to have the everything that you if you are if you're a old school NCAA 14 football game player and you decided I wanted to put, you know, USC in the. Big 10. Well, now it happened. You know, if you wanted to see Oklahoma and Texas play real teams and not Texas Tech, now you got it. But now those same teams, those blue bloods, I think those teams are going to be in for a rude awakening. And those records where they thought they could just beat up on teams, that's going away. And I think there's going to be a bit of a playoff expansion. Maybe I don't think it'll get to 16, but I do think it would get to 12. And I think you're, it's going to, I think you're going to see a little bit more of the traditional stuff. I don't think you'll see the Cincinnati's of the world. If they join a big, uh, a big 10 or anything being uh, mainstays, I think you'll see a lot more of the four sec teams and three or four ACC teams. Uh, I think you're the big boys will be the ones that'll be dominating things. And uh, you, you, also, I think the NIL is going to be huge in where you see the, the trajectory of some of these programs because, like, I'm a Miami Hurricane fan, but I know that there's a billionaire behind this team now. Where does that ha- Where does that team go? Where does USC go now that they can attract more and more talent where they were kind of on a downward spiral? The, the landscape of college football is really, really changing very quickly, and I think the conference realignment is accelerating it. And my hot take for all of college football, the NCAA will not be the governing body in maybe 10, maybe 15 years. Just saying. Wow. That, I mean, look, that, that'd that be a big change. Um, I don't know. I've, I've never lived in a world without that, so that's all I know. I think but, it's interesting. It's, it's really yeah. interesting. Uh, so, uh, so Nelly, what, what, what are your thoughts with, with these kind of super conferences? If playoff expansion seems probable, at least to eight, if not 12, like Fred said, like, does this affect, how does it affect college football? How does it affect what we do with, you know, with fantasy, with Debbie, like what, you know, does this change things? Well, I think first as a college football fan, I think it's exciting, you know, like I know traditions are kind of being pushed away for money, but with money comes better football. And so like now, instead of seeing USC play like Washington state and Arizona and Arizona state, they're going to be playing like they're going to be playing good teams. Well, I guess the big 10 still is Rutgers and Maryland, but, but (laughs) Minnesota, Minnesota, you know, yeah. And Minnesota, you're right. The, the bottom three of the big 10, um, but, um, like they're going to be playing better competition as kind of these quote unquote super conferences are formed. Um, now I don't, I mean, 
from like a Debbie perspective, from like a prospecting perspective, I don't, I don't have any answers on how it instantly affects it. Like, I think the big thing is um, with this money now, players are going to be transferring. Um, like, I think players will be transferring up into these bigger conferences schools if they show out at the lower schools, which we've already kind of started to see. We saw a bunch of G5 guys transfer up. I think that trend is going to continue, and I think that'll kind of be a glimpse of like, hey, this guy's he's good enough to go and play at a better competitive school. He's probably like a pretty good football player, but like that, even that's like a minor change. So I guess from a Debbie perspective, it doesn't really affect it that much. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, like I'm excited. I, I just want better games or more games. Like I'll, I'll take it. Like if this leads to a, a college football playoff expansion, I'm in. Cause I, I think that that's always the best other than the big rivalries and the conference championships. I mean, even the Cincinnati-Alabama game wasn't maybe the most exciting, but, like, it was fun. The lead-up was fun. Um, you know, post an article about Cincinnati's going to win and, like, getting hate. Like, you know, it, it was a pretty big environment. Like, I would love to have more of that. You know, so so what if a team gets blown out? Like, whatever. I'd rather have more meaningful games than just watch another week, watch Rutgers play Ohio State or play Michigan and say, okay, like, you, you know, we know what's going to happen um, maybe once out of every 30 years, like we can get an upset and it's exciting. But, um, so I, I almost, I almost hope this continues in a way to, um, you know, to kind of perpetuate that. Uh, I, I think the transfer, you know, you brought up the transfers now, which I think is, has started to have a ripple effect on, on Debbie on obviously on college football. It's had a big effect. Um, but I, that is here to stay. I think the NIL that Fred brought up has is playing a part in that. We've seen some even like small school guys transfer up because they got money because they got paid. Antoine Wells in South Carolina. We talked on the second podcast uh, about a linebacker going to Texas from James Madison. So, um, uh, Fred, how does like the transfer portal being used so heavily? Um, you know, who, who does that benefit? Because I've seen an interesting arguments on both sides, right? Like Alabama can get Jermaine Burton and can get Jamison Williams. But on the other side, there's a lot of five-star, four-star players that transfer down if they're not getting playing time. You know, could this help some of these smaller schools out too? Or is it going to be more the, the big the big dogs just keep eating it up? I think it levels the playing field, even even if it's a little that little edge, um, I think it's going to help. I was actually watching SEC Media Days today, uh, watching Lane Kiffin explain how they lost a ton. I mean, they lost a ton, and yet they've already solved, or at least we think they've solved their quarterback uh, situation not since Matt Corral's gone. Jackson Dart steps right in from USC, and you saw quarterback, you know, like I do, quarterback is the most important position regardless of it's high school, college, the NFL. If you have one, you have a chance. Well, Ole Miss didn't really have a chance until Jackson Dart says, I'm going, I'm going to, I'm going down to Ole Miss. And so they have some playmakers. I think the transfer portal helps the helps the colleges, but I think it hurts the high schools and it hurts recruiting because if you really think about it, what if a coach is on the hot seat, 
I'm just going to use my my guy who who's gone now, Manny Diaz, on the hot seat. Uh, he says, I need transfers to save my job. I can't wait on the high school kid to develop. He's a five-star, but I need him to, to, to develop. I'm going to go out and get Charleston Rambo and wait on the high school kid. I'll redshirt red him, and Charleston Rambo turns into an all-time leading receiver. That's a Band-Aid. It's a nice Band-Aid, but at some point, we all know that Band-Aid may – so what happens when that Band-Aid rips off? Something happens. Somebody gets hurt. There's no depth. There's no development. Then what? Nah, I mean, I, I think it's fair. Um, that desperation, like I, I always, I always talk about that with with like politics. Like mm. that, politicians' job is just to keep their job, right? I think you know, especially college football head coaches, oftentimes that is the the goal. Is like it, you don't have to win the conference, right? You just got to win enough to keep your job. Got to win eight beat, games, meet mm-hmm. your rival, you know. Uh, like at Ohio State, we've seen I've seen coaches get fired for just losing to Michigan. Like, doesn't matter if you win every other game. <laughs> like, you lose three in a row, you're out. It's over. Um, so, like, transfers can help do that. But yeah, I mean that some of that long term, you know, it makes me question. Like, uh, I don't, I don't know. Nelly, to let me know if you agree, or disagree with this, because I feel like you know we've maybe even just like the last this year, last year. Um, I think quarterback wise, like a lot of the freshman quarterbacks, we get hyped up on those recruits and they come in. And I thought last year, like very few of them even played that we thought maybe could uh, because I don't don't know, maybe it's because of Fred said, like a lot of these college coaches want to keep their jobs. They can be competitive or have transfers in or play the older guys. Guys could stay an extra year because of COVID. So we're playing them. I might see them Penn state, like Sean Clifford's going to start Clifford's garbage. He's going to start over a five-star freshman. You know, is is the transfer portal going to hurt basically like freshmen having an immediate impact um, moving forward? Is that a problem for us for Debbie where we're drafting these guys and they don't do anything early? And for for analytics, for you know, for you, right? Because I think early production helps. So I don't know. I toss a bunch of stuff out there. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. No, I think you made a bunch of good points. I think it's it's kind of hard to like give you an answer you know because like we're like living in kind of the 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 it's happening right now like i don't i don't really know i will say i think it all will sort of shift out and ultimately like i think from like a devi perspective in terms of finding the best prospects like those guys are still going to be able to get onto the field maybe not quite as early maybe not quite as much early production but they'll still like if if you're going to be a star in the NFL, like your talent will flash in, in some respect. Like it, it's just, that's inevitable. And, and that's kind of been, been proven by, uh, by like prospects in the past. Um, but no, I mean, I think, and, and something that you brought up that also has played a big part is I do think that extra COVID year, when you basically have five years of players, condensed into into four classes that that hurt freshmen a lot this past year i think it'll continue to um hurt freshmen less and less for the next couple years but it's still there's still going to be more players than there technically should be because of the extra eligibility granted so that does make it harder for young players to break through and and something not really talked about with the transfer portal is there's kind of less homes than there are players looking for homes so it it there's like kind of a bad side of it, but ultimately I do think it's good because players are able to 
they're they're given more freedom to kind of find what's best for them. Um, but I guess in terms of the total landscape, like like I said, it's 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 really hard to kind of predict what direction that's heading in. I think the transfer portal will it will force kids to make better decisions on what schools they choose because I, I've seen personal I've personally seen some some bad decisions. One specifically, um, I just called him out, Demarcus Bowman. He decided to go to Clemson. He decided he thought he was going to start over Travis Etienne of all people. Um, decides to go to Florida, transfer again, and then he tra- he doesn't get any carries. Florida's not known for running backs, but okay. And you transfer again. It's like if you if if you're continuing to transfer, we're seeing that maybe that star next to your name may have not been as bright as we thought. Um, but so you're going to see a lot more a lot more of the decision making. Make your next move your best move. Because if you end up on that, that set third chance may not happen like many think it will. And uh, like you said, um, the there's not enough homes. There's more names than homes. So if you think you're better than what you are, you may, may want to reconsider it, especially at the quarterback position. Yeah, well, yeah, I think the quarterback position's the big one because Nelly, we've talked about too, like Ty Simpson, right? As a guy that you like because either he's going to be the next starter for Alabama or he can transfer and maybe get a job. Um, you know, but like I thought that with Kyle McCord at Ohio State, like either he's going to win this job or he's going to transfer. He's still there, still hanging around. And it's like Devin Brown's coming in, then, you know, Jake like, Garcia, my guy at <laughs> Miami, he's, he's, he's hanging on. Somehow hanging on. It's like, you know, now is that, is that the best decision? Um, so I do, I do think we have to see how this, how the transfer portal shakes itself out sometimes too. Like, like, uh, like you said, Fred with Demarcus Bowman, like, I don't even think he's going to start at UCF now. Like Isaiah Bowser is still going to start there, but um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It, it, like, is that, a, is that a red flag, I guess on, future NFL production or I don't know. It It's hard to tell because some guys may, they may hit and they're in a better situation. Zach Evans going to Ole Miss where he, he started out well at, at TCU and his recruiting whole his whole recruiting situation was just Rocky. I mean, we didn't know where he was going, what he was doing. And he had a solid year, and then he left. And it makes sense he left. Uh, Gary Patterson, finally, I mean, they needed a new voice there. So it makes sense you go somewhere where Henry Parrish moves on to Miami, open running back spot, perfect. But that's one in a million. You better be. You better make sure you're understanding the depth charts, too, because I think some guys think they can just go in and they're just an instant starter based on talent, but you're transferring into a completely different culture, a completely different locker room. Yeah, those coaches are recruiting you to come there. I mean, it's it's like getting recruiting recruited all over again. But at the same time, once you once they're done recruiting you, you're you got to make your bones on the field. You can't just live off your name in the past year stats. Any red flags for you, Nelly, with transferring or your? I don't think it's necessarily 
a red flag. It, it kind of just presents more information. And as we kind of get more samples of this happening, we'll, we'll have more information to draw conclusions from, but it's just more, more information, right? Like we have Jamison Williams, a, a prime example from this year where he struggled at Ohio state. didn't really see the field that much when he did. He was never a primary guy. He goes to Bama. We have an entirely different situation there where he's like, He's their star wide receiver. He balls out. That's more information we never would have gotten if he stayed at Ohio State. Um, so it it gives that uh, it, it gives a, a different sort of situation to project uh, talent from. A, a, another example is someone like Isaiah Nair. He was really really good at Wyoming. We have no idea how he's going to be at Texas because that's a big step up in competition. This is going to give us more clarity in terms of his talent relative to like other prospects. Um, I don't think there's necessarily a red flag um, maybe transferring down in competition because you couldn't see the field. Like that's probably best for a player's career, but that's probably not a good sign for their, their NFL prospects, at least at like a, a a fantasy relevant level. Um, But again, like, you never really know because we just don't really have that much, that much of a sample of these things happening in the past. You may get, you may also get some gems. You never know. Like me and Shane were talking, um, Cam Ward, he put me on Cam Ward and I'm, I've been watching ever since. And he's coming from incarnate word and he under recruited or barely recruited. And now he's at Washington state. So you just never know. I mean, he could turn out, he could have been an Ohio state guy or a Texas guy. He chose to go there where in an offense where he can, he'll throw the ball around 50 times a game. So I mean, like you said, there's not enough data, but I'm, I'm very interested. And then the ages, how does a guy that's a junior senior versus he's a true freshman, sophomore, redshirt, sophomore, redshirt, freshman. I mean, there's, I mean, there's a lot to be seen going forward with this. And I'm excited about it because a guy like Cam Ward, like as a, as a prospect, if he stayed at incarnate ward, like it would have been so much harder to, uh, mm-hmm. project him as a prospect to the NFL than, than it will be now that he's playing in the Pac-12 against solid competition. Like it, it kind of, as I said, it kind of gives more, it gives us more information to work with. So look, I'm going to ask you guys, let's, let's, uh, we're going to wrap this thing, but I, I want, I'll start so that you can think about it, but I, I want your four playoff teams, the national champion prediction. Oof. On the spot, uh, on the spot here. I'll, like I said, I'll I'll start because I I feel good about like three of them. So like it, it's gonna be Alabama and Ohio State, right? Like I, I mean, they have the two of the best quarterbacks in in the country. I feel like they're gonna, both gonna make the playoff. Um, I, I Fred, I'm actually I'm I'm putting Miami in. Whoa, in, I was not playoff. expecting that I'm, one. I'm, I feel good. I like yeah. Everyone that listens to the show knows I'm a big Tyler Van Dyke fan. And I think that even if he has no receivers, he has like five tight ends. So he'll be able to, you know, he'll find, he'll, he'll find a way. I think the Miami defense has some talent this year. Uh, and the ACC, I think, is down. Like, I, I guess I'll pick Georgia. I, I, don't, I think Georgia's offense is just gonna, it's not going to be any good. Like, I really don't think it's going to be that good. We but said that last year, though. I know. I at least <laughs> at least they. I guess that's true. But at least at least they had 
you know, a couple weapons. I mean, it's still Brock Bowers, Darnell Washington. I guess that's enough. Uh, I guess they'll make the playoff, but I, I don't know. Can I be a homer? Can I pick Ohio State to win? If you this, didn't, this, I'd, I'd look at you funny. <laughs> I mean, this just feels like a good, conf, you know, confluence of like last year, CJ Stroud kind of was hurt. He got his legs under him. They couldn't beat Michigan. And they, they, they've just invested so much now on the defense and the offensive line to fix those problems that I, I don't think they're going to – I think there's going to be some close games uh, on the stretch. But I think um, like Bama last year, like the playoff will be kind of the tipping point. And um, I, I do think they're heads and shoulders above everyone else in the Big Ten. But So I'll be, I'll be a homer, I guess, and uh, I'll go for that. Um, Fred, I'll let you go. You can go next. Your four playoff teams, national champion. Ohio State is easily – I mean, that one – you know how I feel about C.J. Stroud. We can stop there about that entire team because you know how – see, I, you know I still hate you guys from 2002. So, um, <laughs> like It was the right call. The pass interference was the right no, call. No, it was not. I will never that- agree with that. <laughs> no, sir, never. Um, but, yeah, uh, Ohio State, I, I have a I, – I have that. I rarely have prospect crushes. CJ Stroud's that guy. Um, he's going to, I mean, when you have that elite of a quarterback, it's hard to discount him. And then he has weapons. His weapons this year might be better than his weapons last year. And that's very hard to say. Uh, and the defense is going to be much improved. Uh, Alabama is, I mean, it's expected at this point. If anything less than this is, is a disappointing year, I'm going to hitch, I'm going to give you a, an oddball, Utah. Utah. Cameron oh, rising. Cameron rising. If they get past Florida to start to, to start the season, watch out. Um, and my fourth one. Ooh, that fourth one's kind of it's kind of muddy because Texas A&M intrigues me, but I don't trust their quarterback situation. Um, Clemson is not Clemson anymore. Uh, I don't trust in, I don't trust Oklahoma. I don't trust Texas. I don't trust your Bijan Robinson love. I don't trust that running game. Um, it hurts. It hurts the fantasy people among us not have Bijan Robinson love. Let me tell you. Right. Right. Um, ooh, that's tough. And I and I will never put Notre Dame in anything ever, <laughs> ever. I hate them too. It would be hard for me not to say. I don't want to put Miami in either. I'd probably have to go Georgia because they're just kind of they're defending national champions. Their defense, I trust yeah, the Kirby defense. Smart defense. Yeah. It's hard not to based off of what we've seen, and still they're the best in the East. So how do you if you went out in the East, you beat Alabama in the SEC title game? It's kind of tough. I mean, I don't. I want to pull the trigger on Tennessee, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Georgia. So Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Utah. And you, you picking Ohio State to win it, or uh, you? No, no, I can't. No, I will never pick. I will. I want Will Anderson to have fifty sacks in that game. <laughs> make C.J. Stroud run for his life like he was uh, Pat Mahomes running away from the Tampa Bay Buck defense. Please. <laughs> all right, we can take Alabama. No, I pick Ohio State all day. I definitely do it. I think they'd be better. I think they're better than Alabama going into the season. Definitely. Let's get it. Fred, also a Hendon Hooker fan, Nelly. So you, uh, you, you guys have some. Yeah, I, I, I like of, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Who, who's yours, Nelly? No, who's I, your I think they'll be better. 
So I think Ohio State and Alabama are right in. You guys kind of tackled that. Um, like, I just don't see – like, Michigan's not going to be able to compete this year like they were last year. Michigan State's not even – They, I mean, Kenneth Walker's gone. Um, and I think last year was a bit of a fluke. Um, it's hard to also not write in Georgia because as unexciting as that offense is, that defense is going to be really good. And they were just – even if they defense takes a step down from last year, which it inevitably will, they'll still be, like – one of the best defenses in the country just because they were that good. Um, I'm going to go out West different than Utah. They actually play Utah. It'll be a big game. I, I really like USC. I think Caleb Williams is special. You're on like, the USC. Hype train. I think, I think Caleb I like Williams it. is really, really good. Um, Lincoln Riley gets a lot of hate somehow on Twitter. I've managed to like, I've like Oklahoma fans. Twitter has like, been something that pops up on my feed and it's awful they hate him and so this is biased from my part because i want him to succeed in spite of how in spite of like oklahoma fans um but i don't know i i think there's i think caleb williams is really really good and ultimately they're not gonna have to i mean they have to beat utah and that'll be at utah so that'll be a pretty big game uh, especially if Utah gets past Florida, as Fred mentioned. But other than that, I mean, the Pac-12 schedule is not brutal. Like, they can work through that, even though it's the first year for that crew there. Who, who are you picking to win it all? Who's, who's, who's the pick? Uh, it's got to be Bama. It's got to be SEC. Uh, I don't know. Ooh. I think the Big Big Ten defense crumbles under under pressure at in the playoffs. SEC is just built different. That's what I heard in Cardell Jones just – Took it to Bama that. You know, <laughs> yeah, um, Justin Fields. Run, never mind. No. All right, yeah, let's not, let's not go that far. Um, all right, I want to finish up the show, Fred. I, I want you to talk to me about this 2023 QB recruiting class a bit. You and I have talked off, you know, uh, personally about it, but you are not an Arch Manning fan, so I want you. To, I want you to tell the people why. Because, you know, we're going to be drafting these guys in Debbie and C2C leagues next year. And, and which quarterbacks do you like? So let's get this one out the way because I've been I've said this probably through since the beginning of last this past season. I said if Arch Manning's last name wasn't Manning and it was Arch Smith, would you view him the same? I've when I watch his tape, I don't see anything special. He's got some, he's all right. His footwork's okay. His arm's okay. But when I see the rest of his peers, I don't see this five-star, the way that they, the way we've built him up, you think he's LeBron James coming out of high school in 2003. And he's so much further away from that. It's the arm strength's okay, but he plays at a smaller school. Cool. He's for me, I view him as maybe a upper tier three-star mid tier maybe as his ceiling's a mid tier four star. Jaden Rashada, better quarterback, better arm, better athleticism, throws a beautiful deep ball. Um athletic. Uh Malachi Nelson, good deep ball, athletic, fits everything that Lincoln Riley wants in a quarterback. Dante Moore, who he was one of he was the first one I've I viewed in this class and six four Big arm, athletic. I mean, you, when I describe these guys, 
and um, Nico, I, I I butcher his name every every time I I see it. Yeah, I, I am a, I am a Liava. I think it is. I think that's how you say I it. I could be wrong. But six six, hundred one hundred ninety pounds. I said if if Colin Kaepernick and Trevor Lawrence could have a football child, that's who he is. If I could create myself in a video game, that's me. So he he's six six. He runs like a deer. He has a strong arm. And it just the ball comes out off his hand. It just looks effortless. All of these guys have traits about them that say, "Man, if these guys develop well, they're going to be first round picks." When I see when I see Arch Manning, I say is when I think three years down the road, if he can even if he beats out, let's say he beats out Quinn Ewers or Quinn Ewers leaves or something happens, does another guy not come in and beat him out if his name's Arch Smith? Just saying. And I mean, I'm seeing more and more quarterbacks that are that are just catching my eye that they do special things, whether it's with their legs, whether it's with their arm. Um, I, I just I like what I've seen elsewhere versus the the big name hype. Uh, look, I, I think it's good insight. And I, yeah, I know you like a lot of those other quarterbacks, too. It, it's it, I think it's going to be interesting next year, Nelly. We've talked a little bit on the show about this in the past, right? Like you and Kane, when I was gone, did kind of a year in advance draft, which I thought was awesome. Um, and some of these guys showed up like does it because I feel like this is going to there are going to be a lot of people that have the same opinion that Fred does because the hype's so overblown. How do you, how do you think that's going to affect Debbie drafts? Like, do you still draft Arch Manning regardless because he has the names that value is probably going to increase? Or if you don't think he's the best quarterback in this class and you think it's um, Nico or you think it's you know Dante Moore, Jane Rashada, like, do, do you not do you draft them over him? Like, do you have those? I don't know. Uh, no, I mean, it's a good question. I mean, I think ultimately freshmen, like if you have conviction about prospects, like stick with your conviction when it comes to drafting, as long as it's not straying too far from like typical ADP or value. Um, but like next year comes around, like I, all these guys that you're mentioning, it's not as if they're like low down in the rankings. They're all, even though, even though Arch is up at the top, whether that's rightful or not, like, all these guys are pretty like they're five stars or high four stars as well. So they're, they're viewed very highly in their own right. So I don't think like, I don't think anyone would push back super hard. If you said that you think Malachi Nelson is better than, than Arch Manning. Like uh, I, I don't think that's necessarily a hot take. It's just like all these guys are very, very good. There are probably levels to it. Not all these guys will pan out. Um, And, and if you have kind of opinions that differ on them, that's fine. But um point being i don't think there are wrong answers next year no i i think it's fair and like i still like archman i do think malachi nelson's better i would rather have malachi nelson in lincoln riley's offense you know but if if steve sarkeesian if quinn ewers comes out and balls out like it's gonna be tough to say okay you know um that that Archman is not going to be able to do the same. So even if he has, to, and he's probably going to have to sit a year. Most of these guys are probably going to have to sit a year. That's just how things go right now. So, but I think it's an interesting discussion. Something to keep on the back burner for next year, and discussions we'll be having. Um, 
so we're going to skip the history segment because Kane's not here and do a Minnesota hate segment because he had a crap on Ohio State. Uh, <laughs> and Nelly, you were part of that too. I, I heard you. Don't, don't think you just get off because you're here, you know. But um, we're, we're going to hate on the Minnesota Golden Gophers, which uh, Kane graduated from um, for one minute. Uh, I think rowing the boat is stupid. Hey, yeah, I it's like outdated. Music. I like PJ Fleck. <laughs> All right, look, this is the hate segment, Fred. You can't, you can't, <laughs> oh, I can't participate. I'm I sorry. like PJ Fleck too, but we're, you know, we're, we're. <laughs> See, I, I don't want to participate because I know it'll come back around at some point if Mario Cristobal is killing it. So I'm just, I'm, I'm just gonna be quiet over here. <laughs> gonna sit this one out. Yeah, I'm gonna sit this one out. All right, Nelly, get, get, give me some. Get some well, some the problem stuff. is they're rowing the boat while everyone else in the Big Ten has motors on the back of their boat and they're flying ahead. <laughs> Oh, yeah. um, there, we go. there we go. No, I mean, and and here's kind of nail in the coffin. We were talking pre-show, and I was like, we're, it's going to be tough to fill a minute of hate for Minnesota because they're, like, not relevant enough to hate. So, like, I don't think much more needs to be said than that because it's just like I, I kind of feel sorry for you if you're a Minnesota fan. Ouch. It's, it's, it's Ouch. fair. It's like, like – Tanner Morgan's been your quarterback for 24 years. So <laughs> you got to feel bad at some point uh, for them. But now we, uh, we like, we get plenty into, it. we got a couple of Wisconsin fans on the discord. So the, yeah, they get into it. I think it'll be, it'll be fun. It's yeah. Yeah. It, it's tough to hate on Minnesota, but uh, it doesn't stop us from trying. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if I was an Ohio State fan, I'd just list all the scores and I'd start with last year. So, I mean, after what C.J. Stroud did to him, but you know, yeah, that was like it was it was a beatdown. Um, yeah, I wonder when when the last time that like I don't the last time that they've beaten Ohio State. It's it's been a while. It's been a long time. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't look that up quick. So I'm just going to say it's never happened. Minnesota's never beaten Ohio State. That's uh, not true, but I'll pretend and we'll move on. Um, before the buy, sell, unknown stock, please join our Discord. If you go over to Twitter, Debbie Marketplace Twitter account has pinned the link to the Discord. It's free. Go in there, especially as, as the football season gets started up, like we do start sit advice in there. We talk about the college football games as they're happening and NFL you know, day post injuries, post food, pet pictures, all that stuff. Like it's, it's a good time, hang out in there uh, and make that happen. And then if you want to join our secret shopper program, it's, I think it's pretty good value. It's $25 for an entire calendar year. And you get rankings from myself, from Nelly, from Kane, you get the whole analytics database from Nelly, um, you know, hop in the discord and there, there's a link there to, to join. You get a whole, whole new channels, a second podcast, another hour. If you want to hear me and Nelly, uh, go off about C2C, you know, we just did that and you can get that for free. And there's a whole backlog. I think we're up over 20, like 25 episodes extra you get. So I mean, that's like a whole day of Debbie marketplace you get for, for like a dollar an episode. Um, so hop in. Do that, be awesome, and uh, and soon you'll get a, a, a second free podcast from Fred uh, every every week. So I can't wait for that research but, moment, Shane. Last time you guys lost to, to Minnesota was two thousand. All right, like I'll, I'll take twenty two years. That's fair. That you was, guys lost twenty nine seventeen at home. 
If you're going to oh, do it, just oh. do it all the way. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was, uh, I, I was not there yet. So that I was there 2001. One, no, I was there 2004. It was my first year. We lost to Juice Williams, Illinois at home. Ooh, that was I remember bad. Juice Williams. So, you know, but, but yeah. And that's a long, it's a 22 years a long. That's a pretty good streak. Yeah, I was um I was in fifth grade. <laughs> yeah, I was in fifth grade. I don't remember that at all. Row the boat. Nelly, you have something to say? You're you're laughing over there. No, nothing more to add. I think it speaks for itself. <laughs> all right, that's good. That's, uh, that's a long time. <laughs> let's do our buy sell unknown segment. Um, I'm going all receivers this week. My buy uh, is Jaden Hazelwood receiver now for Arkansas. Uh, Fred and I actually talked this morning about that Arkansas offense, KJ Jefferson. Jaden Hazelwood, I think, is going to play that Traylon Burks role. And I think he's going to increase his stock. I think he could be, you know, he was hurt at Oklahoma. I think he's going to increase his stock. I think he could be third, fourth round draft pick. And people are kind of just casting him aside. I think in Debbie, you could trade. Someone probably has him. Someone probably drafted him as a freshman. You could trade nothing and just get him on your team. Um, my cell is a player I like, but I have some fear of this offense this year. That's Josh Downs, wide receiver for North Carolina. Now, like mm. C2C, I, you know, I think he's a good player. I think he's going to have a ton of production this year. Um, I, I guess I shouldn't say that. I think he could have a lot of production, but I, I have some fear about that QB situation. Like Drake May and Jacoby Criswell are battling it out. I don't know if that offense is going to be as high powered as it could be. We saw some, uh, weakness last year, even with the offensive line, and they lost a bunch of offensive linemen. Like, I think it's going to be, I think it could be rough for North Carolina. And I think Josh Downs could be wide open often and not getting the ball. And that could be a problem. Um, and my unknown is a guy we talked about in the second podcast a bit is A.T. Perry, the wide receiver from Wake Forest, who is certain, you know, has a lot of love in, in C2C circles because he's, he's going to produce college fantasy numbers. Um, but it's starting to get more Debbie love. I mean, he's a big dude and going to lead Wake Forest in receiving. They're going to have a, a high-powered offense. Um, you know, at 6'5", 206, I don't think he's going to – he's a blazer. I don't think he's – I don't know how the, the workout numbers will be. Um, and Ellie and I talked on the second pod about, like, may, maybe the hype's a little much for him. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, you know, a lot of the publications, seems like he's on the NFL's radar, so I'm, I'm not sure where to uh, – to take him so he's my unknown nelly over to you yeah so i'm buying michael trigg tight end at old miss i just i think he's really talented and he's going to be the focal point of that offense this year in the passing game uh he comes over from usc with jackson dart and and the chemistry is is already going to be there and he was a top recruit last year i just think i think he's uh going to make it clear that he's the second like he's a top two tight end in that class and he's a potential maybe a future day one pick, but at least a, a day two pick. Uh, he's got the athleticism. He's a great pass catcher. He's basically like a split end. Uh, he's one of those types of guys. That's, that's just a, he's a passing game weapon. Um, I'm selling to Corey books and Jojo Earl and, and those young wide receivers in that Bama offense. And it's just because Bama seems to have a lack of confidence in them. Uh, they hit the portal hard this year. They brought in Jermaine Burton and Tyler Harrell. Um, 
uh, like I get bringing in one, but when you bring in both, that that shows me that you don't trust what you already have. And they're bringing in Malik Benson next year, uh, top JUCO guy in the nation who who had offers from everyone. And every year they bring in really good or at least top rated freshmen. So I don't know, just a lack of confidence in those two is is worrying for their Debbie stock um, in terms of we need them to get onto the field now and start to perform. And, and I worry that might not happen. Um, unknown stock. Let's see. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what. I like I like Connor Wegman a lot. Uh, and we talked about kind of that Texas A&M uh, quarterback situation, how it's murky. And I think by the end of the year, he probably gets a shot because I don't think the other two guys are good enough. Um, but ultimately it's, it's going to be interesting to see how, how he performs in that offense because it's not historically prolific. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what to do with him. I'm excited for him, but I'm also worried because it's not the best situation. Nelly, I think you're in my playbook. I think you learned from Bill Belichick way too much, way (laughs) too much. That's my guy. Um, so buying i'll stick with quarterbacks on this one um by hendon hooker all day long i mean if you haven't had the opportunity to to sit down and watch him shred people please go watch alabama him against alabama alabama is saban prides himself on a good secondary there was no good secondary at all i mean he Tennessee, if they had a, if they had just a smidge of depth, just a smidge, he, they might have pulled a win out there. Um, I really like Hendon Hooker. I'm thank you very much, Tennessee, for taking him away from uh, Virginia Tech because he would have been a problem, and I don't want to deal with him in the ACC. Thank you very much. Um, that's enough on him. I don't want to hype up Tennessee. Tennessee fans get really hyped and they think they start talking national championships. I don't want that. Uh, but where you were in my in my in my playbook is Texas A&M. I, I don't like their quarterback situation and I don't like Jimbo's offense. It's too, there's no tempo and he tried to show it a little bit in the spring game, but Jimbo's never been a tempo guy and they play at such a slow pace. I wonder how that's going to affect them going forward. Will they put too much on that defense? Because I think Texas A&M is pretty good but I'm selling their offense completely. Um, and specifically they're, they're young quarterbacks. And I don't think Haynes King is that guy either. Um, and my unknown, my unknown, we saw, we saw a slight highlight, but I need to see more. Um, and he got rid of his nickname and unfortunately for, for good reasons, but I, I understand, but it's the best nickname in college football, AR 15. Um, Anthony Richardson at Florida. I mean, the kid is everything you want. He has every tool you need. I mean, he has a gun for arm. Sorry, it is what it is. But um, he's the unknown for me as far as when it comes to quarterbacks. I really want to see him. I want to see his development. But and even if he is a Florida Gator, Shane, you know how I feel about the Florida Gators. But um, but yeah, I think he's the unknown. I want to see more. No, that's fair. That's fair. We talked a lot of Anthony Richardson here. Nelly's a fan, so uh, I'm 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 excited to see to see what he does this year. That that's the show. Thanks, uh, thanks, Fred, for coming on, man. I definitely, appreciate it, definitely, us, dude. Um, any any parting words? Anything you want to say 
promote. I'm excited to have you on the the feed here coming up pretty soon. Yeah, stay tuned because I think we're gonna have some some very interesting things. I, I think we're gonna go outside the box a little bit, and we're gonna have some things going. Uh, you got. I'm not super 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 duper active on Twitter, but I guess I gotta get back to that. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter, Fred Purdue CFB. Um, I'm always I'm talking college football whenever I'm there. I kind of mess with Shane every now and then if, about Ohio State and how much I hate them got those guys from 2002. I'm hanging on to that, Shane. I'm sorry. Yeah, oh I'm yeah, hanging. look, I I figure from 40 years, maybe 40 years after it happens. You know the bad thing, Shane. I was in like seventh grade when that happened. So it's like <laughs> it really, like I was a kid when that happened, but I will never let that go. Like I'm, I I had to deal with 15 years later of this, and it I, we still haven't recovered, and I still don't have that mythical national championship look it wasn't passing the parents i'm sorry <laughs> uh, well, what, what a way to end your segment just endearing yourself to me more is, uh, <laughs> is great um no it's a good show uh once again we miss kane we'll have him back next week he's a much better host than i am so happy to have him back and uh thank you all for listening as always join the discord and we'll talk to you soon all right